0: Welcome back to the LDS Tools Podcast. This is Dallin Smith.
1: This is Mark Kim. Uh, we're back for Episode 4. Um, and later in the podcast, we're going to have Brixton join us. Uh, but for now, we just want to talk about some, some uh, current events happening in Provo.
0: So, a funny article that I saw on the BYU Daily Universe was about how quarantine will work in heelman Halls. And I think this is a, a tremendous question.
1: <laughs> I don't know if there's really a good answer to it. Yeah, shared bathrooms, shared eating facilities, all of them are stuck together. And freshmen just like to be in groups. They just like to be together and do it's, stuff. It's, the, the short answer is
0: it's not going to work. Uh, especially especially Helaman. Like, there is no shot. I just, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens this this next semester at BYU, but uh, I I have a feeling it's a lot of people are going to get be getting the Ronies, and you know what? Better they get it at Helman Halls than get it at home with uh, parents and grandparents around. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh. Yeah. So, but the main kind of the the big news story that's been circulating in the, in the Provo area is is about a party. That happened yeah. this last
1: weekend. Which we had the privilege of getting invited to because we live at the most social places south of campus. So on, on my door, on our door, our apartment door,
0: we got an invitation to this party. It's called the Underground Dance Party. And it's by this, the company name or whatever is called Young, Young Dumb. Which is, which is pretty hilarious because the only people that are throwing a party during the middle of the pandemic... It's titled RU, Young Dunn. Yeah, it, Young it kind of fits. Yeah. I mean, kind
1: of fits. I think they're just kind of embracing the brand that they're they're showing. You yeah, know? yeah. I don't think they have any qualms about it.
0: So so the funniest thing about this is that they knew that just everyone, like 50, 50% of people were just going to be really upset about this. And so what they did was they said they weren't going to s- disclose the location of the party until the night of. So that way they wouldn't get boycotted or
1: doxed or cancelled. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what
0: you call it. But yeah. So, I don't know. If you if you're planning an event and you have to hide the event until the day out of, like maybe maybe reconsider. Just a thought.
1: Yeah, and also they like I mean, going back and reading the article and seeing the invitation and stuff, like, okay, if you watch the video of their official video on their Instagram page, it's just uh it's it looks like there were no precautions taken. But like on the, in in front of the the venue, apparently they had they asked you to have face masks and social distance, and they had hand sanitizer, and they limited the number of people in there. But everybody was like, there was no social, none of it was enforced, none of it was. I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. Just a bunch of shirtless dudes with no masks,
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, girls girls trying to be baddies that yeah. you know, just a little bit a little bit of bumping and grinding, you know, oh, yeah, a little bit, of, little bit of a little bit of high school feel. Uh, yeah, so of course, just social media just lost it and it was an incredible incredible event that was put on
1: yeah well and they had uh, a few hundred people show up and they're happy to be reopened this is the quote from our very own quake which is he was he was a star on bachelor pro is most eligible star Mm. Uh, maybe not he was an an early exit (laughs) yeah he was he was kind of but he made an impression we'll just say that i guess like he was kind of pretty he was pretty odd he was a co-founder of this company and this is his quote in the article he says I feel the party was important I want to show that even small business owners can do something these restrictions have been a f- financial death sentence for so many and I'm sick of it and so beautiful
0: a small business owner taking taking initiative and yeah. taking control. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's why he did it
1: yeah well honestly actually I mean I think to, sh- to stand up for small businesses yeah that's why he did it that's why the party was important <laughs> But I feel like, honestly, just kind of. Well, there's a lot of criticism leveled at these guys. They kind of took precautions, but not really. Um, but there has been like a lot of frustration surrounding this and stuff. And honestly, I kind of got to give props to them. If it wasn't this year, like it's a good company model. You know, you get like a thousand dollar DJ, you get a venue, and you invite you know three hundred people. And if they come, like you're gonna make a lot of money with that business. It's kind of weird, but
0: no. But I, I don't know. I feel both sides of it. Because obviously, like he's not forcing anyone to go, yeah. right? It's like there's 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 a market for it.
1: People are are willing to do it. Is that does that mean it's right? I don't know. Yeah, well, and it's in a college town. A lot of those guys don't live with their grandparents or parents. They live with other people their age. You know, and they're they're kind of assuming the risk. I mean, it'd suck if your roommate didn't want you to go or whatever. But like, I don't know. Realistically, are they in that much danger? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. As as LVS tools ourselves, we are we're. We're kind of in between on this, on this. We're, we're not really LDS tools, but you know, it was, it was, it was interesting, interesting uh, thought processes on both sides. Uh, I'd like to turn everyone's attention to my favorite Instagram page, the alternate universe BYU. (laughs) So they, they had this, so it's like, it's kind of like the onion for BYU. And so they had this story it was just, it's a picture of Kwaku, and it says, <laughs> Young man organizes dangerous underground dance party in Provo just to ask Crush to slow dance.
1: Ooh. <laughs> it's so funny. I, honestly, I love satirical news. I, I realize how dangerous it is, but if you know it's a satirical news outlet, it's so funny. So
0: I, re- I really appreciated that. Uh, and of course, uh, BYU Reddit got a hold of it, wasn't happy as well.
1: No, no, no. But yeah, that's, uh, that's local news. For, from the tools today. Um, I don't know, Don, do you have anything to add before we, we hop into our podcast? Just an interesting thought.
0: Someone on Reddit uh, made this comment about this party. So he says, forgetting the lack of masks for a second. I'll never understand why some Latter-day Saint students try so hard to emulate a life they've been counseled not to live. Who wants to go to a party just to pretend you're drinking alcohol and grind up against a chick so you can go home blue ball <laughs> it makes no sense to me it's honestly so true interesting point <laughs> because i don't know i don't know i think i think it is funny because like some people try to live this this party life yeah but all you get is blue balls
1: yeah it was funny because it was advertised that the party was going to have energy drinks that was like one of their big things you know and so I just think it's I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm not am not encouraging people to to go full scent and drink <laughs> alcohol,
0: but it it is funny that I think some people, <laughs> to, like want to
1: like act like they're living that life without actually doing it. It's 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 yeah. kind of funny. Really well,
0: interesting.
1: Yeah, and we kind of talked about it. I think we're getting to the age where we're kind of outgrowing like the freshman sophomore mentality where we feel like we want to party and do stuff at two a.m. True, true. But we're so 20. maybe that's that maybe that's our age and experience. Yeah, we're about. 24 now. Yeah. We're over we're over that man
0: okay so we're gonna have our good friend brixton on in one second
1: yes we have with us brixton gardner actually thomas brixton gardner that's today. right um do you just want to give us like a little quick bio um of who you are
2: yeah sure so i'm trying to go with like the one name celebrity vibe so you don't even have to bother with the thomas or the garden right just so just brixton. just brixton. Yeah, Guest r- Brixton. <laughs> recurring guest Brixton is a good title. It's funny how many people get my name wrong still, though. Um, yeah, like freaking Mark. Mark's yeah. a name. Yeah, one. geez. It's, I had... It, Brixton
1: used to be my boss, and I have another boss that has the last name. Well, it has son. Yeah. Or ton, or whatever. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's, it's easy to get confused on those. But. What's
2: really frustrating, so uh, not this job, but the job I was at before. I won't say where I was working, but they... Like, B-R-I-X-T-O-N. And they'll, they'll still be like, okay, like, is Braxton here? Like, are you stupid? <laughs> yeah, you put an X in the name and people get confused. Yeah, I mean, Braxton. Yeah, they just get intimidated, so. Braxton. Uh, I think Braxton Hicks Contractions is what you have when you're about to give birth. So Interesting. Well, wow. I'm glad you're named after Braxton Hicks Contractions. Yeah. I'm actually named after a punk rock song. Fun fact. Okay. So as far as bio goes, like, just look up the song, The Guns of Brixton by The Clash. It's 100% where my name comes from. And I think that tells you everything you need to know about me. Okay.
0: Actually, I'm going to say it doesn't tell.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get the cliche, but he just wants wants to
1: remain like an enigma. Yeah. No, Brixton
2: uh, is a city south of London. The song is about the Brixton riots. Like back in the 70s, people were like getting shot in the streets. Mm -hmm. So my dad thought the song was cool. The name was cool. And I think they figured if they named me that, like I'd turn out big and tough. And a gun owner. And a gun owner, <laughs> uh, maybe a mobster—I don't know—but I feel like I All right. feel like you, that fits the bill. You did grow up in the streets of California? That's right. Yeah, yep. grew up in Fresno. Um, served in the same mission as you guys did, Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few years before, yeah. So I was there 2011 to 2013. Um,
0: okay, I'm actually I'm actually fascinated about Fresno. Does yeah? Does Fresno suck?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ask that? I
0: just I've I've heard. I've heard interesting things about Fresno, okay, like what that I... it sucks. Okay, for example. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so does Fresno suck? No, I think Fresno's great. Like, it definitely has its problems. Like, there's some parts of the city, for example, like you don't go to because it, it is pretty dangerous. Um, but as far as like where I grew up, like uh, maybe like North Fresno, and then right next to it is a city called Clovis, really really nice, great place to raise a family. Honestly, so mm-hmm. California weren't so expensive, I would honestly love to move back. And mm-hmm. raise my family there. Like it's awesome.
0: And and your Fresno is a good spot because you're pretty close to Yosemite, right? Mm-hmm. And the and uh, Redwoods, Redwoods, and the Big Lake, the 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 Ta- uh, Lake Tahoe. Ta-ho?
2: Yeah, I don't know if Tahoe's close. Close uh, enough. Three maybe hours something. Forward. I've actually never been to Lake Tahoe, so okay, okay. Well, so I must can. not have been that close. I just <laughs> yeah. see in
1: California, like I have no concept of how far. Like, I don't know. I just feel like LA and like the barrier, Bay Area and stuff. Like, they're all just like in my mind very close. But I know even yeah. in LA to like
2: drive across LA takes. Okay, hours. well we all served yeah. in Cal, we all yeah. in Canada, and people do the same thing to Canada, right? That's like, true. Yeah. Oh, you're from Canada, like yeah. You must know so and so. Yeah, and it's like no, that's a 21 hour drive away. I mean, <laughs> yeah, actually, I served you know, in British Columbia. No, how like, far
0: Toronto is from? <laughs> <Vancouver>. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're like oh, you must know John Smith, <laughs> like, and they're like oh no, like where does he live? Oh, he lives in uh, he lives in Ottawa. Near, yeah. Oh, like, okay, like, I served in Victoria, so actually <laughs> yeah. nowhere close to that, you know? Yeah. Or
0: especially down here, most people who they know are from southern Alberta. They're from, yeah. They're yeah. from Lethbridge. Well,
1: and church yeah. circles are a little different because you kind of do run in the
2: same circles, I guess, but it's still... still I'll case. tell you what makes that circle so small. So I worked at the MTC for about six years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, y- there's a good chance I probably taught a family member of yours... a friend of yours from your home ward like just thousands and thousands of missionaries right if anything's gonna make the circle small like painfully small it's that oh yeah because like i'll go like i was living in dc at the beginning of the year and i have like a random roommate and i walk in and he's just staring at me and he's like oh what's up brother gardener like oh crap like i was his mtc teacher you know yeah and then same thing like i go to uh church that sunday walk in the doors and the first thing is
1: Brother Gardner.
2: <laughs> it's like these sister missionaries that I had just taught <laughs> months prior and then uh yeah, a week or so later I'm out in DC with one of my best friends and find out that he's talking about one of his co-workers or something and then I put the two and two together and realize I was his co-worker's MTC teacher too. So right. like it's kind of painful like
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the BYU factor times 10. Yeah. Man. Okay, okay. So the MTC.
2: Yeah. A lot of BYU-UVU return
0: missionaries work at the MTC. Yep. Okay. What are the what are the pros of working at the MTC? What are some of the cons of working at the MTC?
2: Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. Pros and cons. And I'm not
0: talking about like I'm talking about like entry level MTC Teacher. teaching.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, what are you saying? Yeah, Brixon would be the person to know. Brixon was actually my boss at the MTC when I taught there. Um and I only got in because of nepotism. I <laughs> served in the same mission, and so like, yeah. that's literally how I got my job. Beautiful. I could have just
2: failed the... I track, was whatever. well known, like very well known, that if any applicant either served in uh, Vancouver or served in Fresno, there's a 99% chance yeah, I was going to get it. You just had
1: to them. show that you weren't a freak, and then you'd make it. in. Yeah. Um, for For the MTC jobs, I think a definite con is that it's just a really, really demanding schedule to do a school and you have to be a student to work there. So it's kind of like, that's kind of hard. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a really fulfilling job, probably the most fulfilling job I've had thus far, but it's like, it's just hard. Sometimes you're just going to school all day and like you do everything and then you go and you have to work a three, three hour shift where you have to be on the ball, you know, and just, yeah. just outgoing. And But I loved it. I
2: love the risk, and I think it kind of depends on like who you work with at the MTC. Like, yeah. working for the church is a different beast altogether. Yeah, like it's really unique because it's like you're in this highly spiritual environment, like you're just totally immersed in it still. And so, um, it feels like at times it feels like you got to be giving it like the same sort of devotion that you did your mission. Yeah, but then you have to take a step and realize, take a step back, excuse me, and realize like, hey, this is just a this is a job.
1: Yeah. And it's separated. You're getting paid for
2: it. Like you don't have to. Yeah.
1: Some people go really, really, really hard on
2: it. Yeah. And some of my weirdest experiences at the MTC were when I would work. So like either my coworkers or some of my employees would like sit me down and they would just start like one guy, for example, I was talking to. um, He was like, boss, I don't know what to do uh, with my missionaries, blah, blah, blah. And so like we're talking like normal work talk. And then I find out that ever since he had gotten the job, he had been fasting every Sunday. He was only listening to church hymns. Like, he was living the missionary schedule, essentially. actually
0: right. You have to only listen to EFY and Motab if you were...
2: uh, You could do EFY, Motab, and then some Toby Mac. Yeah. That's but, okay. okay. Yeah. But that's it. Maybe some Mercy Me too. Right. Um, but you know, like, so the guy's telling me this, and I'm like, I don't know where you got that. Yeah. You got that from, bro. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I listened to punk rock on my way to work today. Yeah. You know?
1: No, it's definitely, it's definitely a weird thing where you have to take a step back and separate it a little bit.
2: But yeah, so leaving the MTC because I I worked there for so long and then left to go back to school full time and finish. Um, so post MTC, it's actually been what day is it? August 9th. 9th, Yeah. So I left the MTC a week ago. Next week. Jeez, per so like year, yeah. One year post mission.
1: Man, and I left kind of when you left too. Yeah. I okay, I stuck around for. I left like Mark Just loved me did, so yeah. much. He was just like, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go on. Wow, Honestly, beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm a <laughs> yeah. little biased, but I feel like we had the mo- the, the closest group of teachers it was a good time yeah it was a really good time funniest mtc experience
0: oh this
2: is easy <laughs> this <laughs> is easy like 50, yeah yeah so the best so and i can name drop um his name's patrick and he's like the funniest guy you'll ever meet right and so i hire him we get along super well um one thing that happens when you're an mtc teacher within like the first four months is that you, it, we used to call it the apprenticeship. Or like your first evaluation happens at the end of your four months, right? And so Patrick and I are having – Patrick's about to have his first evaluation. So it's like a Thursday night or something. I go into his classroom. He's probably sweating bullets. Oh, he was so nervous. So he's already like bright red, soup like shaking a little bit. And I'm just thinking like, it's me, dude. Come on. Uh, but whatever. Like he's nervous, but he's doing great. And so Patrick is like, his missionaries are practicing and he's walking around the classroom listening and he has this one elder in the corner of the room who like, you could tell something's already off about the elder, you know, like in a loving way, like he's, he's different. And (laughs) as they're practicing and Patrick's getting closer to the missionary, you know, like he's walking around listening to everyone. This missionary has his hands on his desk and like they start to clench up into fists. And so I'm just at the front of the classroom just watching, thinking, like, what's about to go down, right? And so Patrick finally gets to this companionship and he leans in close to, like, listen specifically. And this elder just slams the table, raises his arm to the square, (laughs) and says, by the authority of the priesthood, I command you to stop observing me. No. (laughs) And so (laughs) Patrick is now, like, like his mouth is open you can see the beads of sweat on his head poor kid yeah the missionaries all in the district they just immediately start laughing and i'm in the front of the classroom i have one hand over my mouth like this and i'm just i don't even know what to say right and so finally we just tell them like okay everyone take take like a 15 minute break (laughs) and we close the door and patrick is just like Boss, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with him. Blah, blah, blah. But it was awesome. So you ask anyone that we worked with at the time, like, that without fail is always, like, the number one go-to story. Yeah, geez. That's incredible.
1: He cast him out of the classroom. Can you believe that? Wow. There's some funny stuff that goes down. Well, maybe... Maybe not funny at the time, but I had a, I had a group of missionaries, 21 missionaries in one elevator decided to jump on the elevator for oh, an hour no. and a half late to class because they jammed the elevator. They, oh. Like they, they all,
0: all 21 went onto the elevator and once? all jumped and they all and ch- they oh, jammed okay, okay. the
1: elevator. Yeah. It was awful. Wow. Yeah. And then there's, there's missionaries that punch each
2: other. and Oh, so, yeah. tons. I was so surprised, yeah, the amount of yeah. stuff that happens You just have there. to
1: realize it's like a huge concentration of like 18, 19, 20 year old boys and girls that are just... You mean servants of, servants of well, the Lord. Yeah, I guess they're getting there, right? But, yeah. like, they're
2: just... They're amped, man. And they're all in close quarters. They're all doing... They're, they're learning. It's high mm-hmm. stress. And, like, a lot of them don't know how to interact with people... Yeah. Their age, and it's like the like first time they're doing way. something
1: like kind of hard, you know. So
2: yeah, well, and in their mind probably like they're missionaries, but then like once you get comfortable, you realize like, oh, I'm interacting with people the same age that I was interacting with a week ago in high school. Yeah, it's or weird. something. And so like, it, it's hard to combat that and fight it.
0: Okay, I have a quick story. Yeah. About my MTC experience. Okay.
1: Down, loved the MTC. I know I, that for a fact. I
0: did not love the MTC. <laughs> Were you English speaking? I was English. I speaking. wasn't your teacher. Longest yeah. ten days of my life.
1: Well, uh, yeah, he was in the section where like they just pumped him out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was there for ten days.
0: Yeah, so, super quick. So I had I had this one companion and me. I mean, no, he wasn't my companion. He was in my room. And me and my MTC companion started messing with him and moving his bed to different places oh, on, on in the building. So at lunch we would we would sneak away or during class we sneak away and we would move his like one day we moved his bed into the shower. Oh, one day no. we moved his bed into like the tong- You elder's know, room. <laughs> just like just one day we moved it into the vending machine. And and so he starts to get suspicious obviously that it's us. Yeah. Because like obviously like no one else has a key. But like I I claimed I had lost my key and I actually had had lost my key. And so there was there was a little validity to it. But anyways, we were, we kept moving his bed, and then I had a buddy who was in the MTC, um, and I told him to take my take my roommate's key, my my companion's key, uh-huh. and while we're with when while we're at lunch, go into our bedroom and take this kid's bed and hide it so he we don't so that way when we come Just back from lunch, throw him off the trail. yeah, throw him off our trail. Oh, okay. So like Smart we thing. were with him, and now his bed's gone, so it couldn't be us, right? Yeah, so that yeah. was our strategy. And so my buddy, he goes and he literally destroys our room. So he flips over everything. He flips over oh every chair, he flips over everybody, he pulls everything out of the suitcases, like completely bombs our room. And so our, our district leader, who was really uh, passionate about his yeah. calling, as district yeah. leader, calls the branch president. And the branch president's like, whoever did this needs to be kicked out of the MTC, it's not enough it to be here. And so then they <laughs> they call us, they call me down the the front office of the MTC and they're they're asking me about this and it's so I have to decide am I gonna am I gonna lie or am I gonna get my best friend (laughs) sent home from the MTC yeah before
1: we continue I just want to say that like I served with Dallin great missionary one of the good ones right but it's just like just a little immature at the beginning but I it makes for a good story but continue Uh, so of course (laughs) I lied I lied so naturally I lied and
0: we both served great missions. And <laughs> it, was, it was just a uh, don't don't try anything too uh, yeah, suspicious. Too yeah. bad your
1: whole mission was invalidated from that
2: point. Yes, on, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why baptisms went down in Vancouver. Jeez. Yeah, all, you this know. guy went lying through his teeth the whole time. <laughs> now I'll tell you one thing that was really cool about working at the MTC. So like both with the missionaries and then my perspective of working with um, like the teachers. One thing that's really cool is just, like, seeing growth. So when I was a teacher, the best thing was seeing the growth in the missionaries, and you would probably mm-hmm. agree too, right? And then as a, just working in management, the best thing was seeing growth in the people that I would bring onto the team it was really, really fun. And, like, it's not like I like I have all wisdom or anything. Like, most of the people I hired were, like, my age. Right, right. Um, but it was really cool. I think Provo just has this weird – there's tons of – Weird culture things that we freak out about, yeah, and so it was cool to see like employees come back because, like, a lot of my hires would be two weeks off of their mission, not a clue what they're doing, and so it was cool to be a part of watching them get into school for the first time and like this being their first job and not knowing like how to work, you know. <laughs> um, and me being their first boss, they probably some of them lucked out that that was their first boss because I think like other people would fire their butts instantly, really. Jeez. Oh, yeah oh yeah um, and then like managing things like you know oh I don't know if I'm gonna get into business school and like all the mental breakdowns that come through that it's just a really interesting perspective and experiences yeah. from that
0: S- so does working at the MTC right after your mission does it stunt your ability
1: to become a normal human being again <laughs> I think it depends on who you are well, I personally think you need to give it a couple months to just get into your life and grow into your own before you go back. But that's just me. Like, if somebody asked me the best way to do it, in my mind, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Know? So, like, I don't know. I think coming right off can be a little bit unhealthy because, like, uh, there comes a point where you try to almost relive your mission through, through I don't know, the MTC or whatever. And it's like, uh, you need to learn how to integrate those skills into your just regular life and just live it. Yeah. You know?
2: I kind of go back and forth with this one. Really? Actually, I think about this one a lot Cause I so I was um I came home end of December 2013 and I moved out here 2 weeks later and I essentially got hired immediately to start working there. Um so I was literally 2 weeks post mission like right. just started teaching in the classroom and at first like I I thought like that was just the way to live life, you know post-mission, like, get yourself at the MTC and, like, here you are, like, the paint by numbers is exactly how post-mission life works. Right. I was a wreck that first semester back was so... I didn't even know what learning suite was until three weeks into the semester. Oh, man. <laughs> like, that's tough. It yeah, was, that's really oh Tough for the grades. <laughs> oh, my, yeah, my GPA, uh, it took a long time to recover from that first <laughs> semester, but I was, I was a nervous wreck all the time. I was that guy, I was making fun of kind of earlier like only listening to church hymns and everything like uh, I didn't know how to do post-mission life because I hadn't been home that long Right. and so part of me is like yeah you should give yourself some time and like kind of figure out who you are and what you want to do in life um, but at the same time I look back at that and think like man that sucked but that was like that was an awesome learning experience so I'm kind of fine with it with at how the same time that? yeah like I'm, I'm really grateful in the long run Like, like I said miserable that was a Awful semester, uh but learned a lot of good things I still remember.
1: And honestly, like either way you work I think working at the embassy is a great <laughs> job. Fantastic job. And like no matter how you get there, like it's gonna be fine. Yeah. So anyways, we kinda wanna transition. We uh Brixon's just a few years older than us. Just a tiny bit. Just a little bit. Just a tiny. T- 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 um but he's graduated, and he's in the workforce, and... You're uh done. Yeah. Yeah. And lucky you, right? It feels good. Unless you want to go to grad school or whatever. Nope. That's a whole other beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're not gonna, anytime soon. Yeah, you don't want to trade in your paychecks, huh? No, no, no. Um, well, <laughs> and I mean, Dal and I are... We're, we're, you know, a year out from graduating, and we're trying to negotiate jobs and internships and figure out kind of what we're doing for life. Um, but I think a lot of our fan base is kind of in that same boat, and we just want to see... uh. Maybe some advice or... Oh, for sure. I don't know. Yeah, just go for it. I don't, I don't think I have much.
0: Um, actually, I actually have one question before you get started. Yeah, for sure. The the older you get, or the farther out of school, do you continually move into apartment complexes closer to Linden?
2: Is that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I think so, actually. okay Well, maybe. I don't know. I guess I started... Um, I moved to Belmont right after I left the MTC... Now I'm moving to Vineyard, so perfect. Yeah, I think so. Vineyard, okay, baby. Vineyard's actually really Vineyard. nice if you're not going to school.
1: Right,
0: that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm saying that's it's like a good even place if you do rent. go to school,
2: yeah. honestly, like yeah. BYU housing is such a rip-off. It's so true. Like what I mean, any apartment like where we're recording this right now, for example, like yeah, uh, you well, can get brand new for the same price you're paying. And I think yeah.
1: we're we're paying like 130 bucks for internet, and it just sucks. So, yeah, I yeah, don't know, it's just awful. But, um, but there is
0: a shuttle that takes you right to campus that's <clears> true, it is. That's that is true. Nice.
1: yeah and it is the most social place it is
2: it, it I mean, it's social. weird
0: it, it, it seems like uh every uh every BU housing complex is the most social very interesting
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're always advertised yeah, as such. yeah. yeah. all right sorry No, yeah, i was just, just, gonna just gonna say like um i think the best thing like it, it, i don't know i look back at like my undergrad experience and definitely see things i could have done better i think like I don't have any regrets. So, I worked full time my entire undergrad virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, that put me through school, helped me pay off like a ton of things and like start savings and stuff, which feels really good. So, I don't have any regrets that way. Um, But I do think like the best thing you could do for yourself is just chase opportunities, like as much as you see them, just like put yourself out there, ask questions from people. Um, So, that's been the most. By
0: opportunities, do you mean girls?
2: Listen, I'm single and miserable, so no. Aren't we all, Aren't Yeah, we all? yeah, I have, I cannot
1: speak yeah. to that. This is our baby. This is our, this is our relationship <laughs> on this podcast, so.
2: But maybe dating too is like, yeah, like there's so many good opportunities and. You just got to um, chase one down. Yeah, yeah, and like, a my problem with dating the whole time has always been like, I see good opportunities, but then I don't chase them because I always like, wait for like a better opportunity to come, yeah. which is super dumb. Super, super dumb. Yeah. I think we've all... Which bought. is why I'm here single,
1: miserable, bitter. <laughs> actually, speaking of which, uh, you're telling us a little bit of a story oh, about your, a date you had the other day. I did. You just did. started and we decided to put on the podcast. We have no idea what he's going to say, but okay. it
2: sounded good. <laughs> so, I actually took her out again last night and it went really well. Okay. Um, and we actually talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I've i known this girl for a couple years. We were in the same ward a couple years ago. She's super solid, right? So, like... We've already gone to tons of social things, so it's not like it was like an out of the blue sort of a deal. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm we're meeting at my apartment, and then we're going to go off and do some things. Um, I'm running super late. Uh, run into the, you know, so we get into the apartment, I run into the back. I I have two fake teeth on a retainer that I could take out. And so I run to the back, I brush my teeth real quick, grab my wallet, my keys from my bedroom, <laughs> and when I come back into the family room, she's like... She's telling me a story or something I can't even remember, but I flash a quick smile. You have a beautiful smile. Thank you. With
1: your retainer. Thank smile. you. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Wait till we see the teeth out because she's mid-sentence and she stops like dead in her tracks and her eyes get real big and she's just like, you know, and I realize I bro, like, I totally forgot my teeth in the bathroom. No. Yeah. So I, I just didn't put them in after I brushed my teeth. And so... I cover my mouth, I have my wallet in my hand like this, and I say, oh, I forgot my wallet. (laughs) And so I go to the back of the house, and I get my teeth, and I'm not one to get embarrassed. Like, I'm a pretty easygoing, really relaxed guy, Um, but I legit had no idea what to say in the moment. So I didn't say anything. Like, I just put my teeth in and acted like nothing happened. And so like the first 10, 15 minutes of the date, we're driving <laughs> and she's like looking at my eyes some of the time, but then like looking at my teeth, yeah. then, you know, yeah. like she keeps like going back and forth. Uh, Honestly, that's a super hard part of things is when awkward things
1: happen. Like, do you, or do you not talk about it? Especially early on. because yeah. like, That's like a, like a fifth date.
0: It's like, yeah. by the way, I have, have <laughs> two big
2: Yeah. No, I, I'm always of the opinion, like, just like, go for it. it. Yeah. 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 I've I've seen it. I've seen
1: that. I don't know tactic for lack of a better term crash and burn sometimes but sometimes it works out really well I'm kind of I kind of lean closer to your side where it's like well you might as well get in front
2: of it you know but yeah man well I think like whether it's in dating or personal relationships like the thing that always drives a wedge in relationships in general is just not being truthful yeah right so like if you're on a date for example like obviously you don't want to come off like super strong with like you know, here's all my like anxieties and problems that I have, you yeah, know, right. like date one. Um but at the same time, like you don't need to pretend necessarily to be someone else. Yep. Yep. Again, that applies to just any relationship and stuff. And so something like that, like, yeah, I should have owned it and just been like, Yeah, I don't have any teeth. <laughs> uh my bad. And so when I was uh when we were confirming last night's date I joked with her in the text. I was like, oh, by the way, like, I'll remember my teeth this time. You know, winky face. I should have done, like, the grinning smile or something. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah I so. played it off well. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Good date. So Good we'll date, see what friend. happens.
1: Well, I mean, it sounds like it's going okay if she's agreed to go on more. We'll see. We'll see. I'll keep you and the fans posted. Yeah, there but... we go. That'd be great. Yeah. So, I don't know.
0: So we wanted to spend a couple minutes and just do, do a little... Uh, nerd talk on Star Wars. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. There are a few things that I know about Brixton. Loves music. Loves, loves movies. Music. Yep. It's particularly Star Wars. And love Star horror Wars. Slash just horror slash horror. I have a weird thing for horror. Loves movies. horror movies. Kind of. Do you like
0: horror movies? I I don't go out of my way to watch a lot of them, but when I do, I I enjoy myself. Really? I, mean, so I usually good. like. I'm a month of October horror movie guy. Okay. I don't I don't feel the need to watch them any other time of the year, but it's yeah. like when it's October, I'm like. Let's go. Like, <laughs> Dude,
1: man, def- I was definitely raised in a home where it's like, that is that the sp- drives devil? the spirit away. Like, well, I mean, it might, but... You know.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, my parents, I mean, my sisters and I were just raised on that stuff. Yeah. It was like, and the older we got, it was like, okay, you are of age, you can watch this level of horror movie. And so it was like a big, like, rite of passage for us. Yeah, So all five of us, my whole family, we love scary movies. Hmm. Kind of fun.
1: Nice. Okay, well, Star Wars then. Okay, <laughs> we just talked about scary movies,
0: but I don't know anything about them, so we're going to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so no, I, I I'll talk about all of them.
1: Yeah, I remember we had a conversation, we just talked about them for like 30 minutes. Star Wars? I, or scary, scary, movie. scary, scary movies. I don't watch scary movies. I watch psychological thrillers, and I know that sounds kind of like... Pretentious. Yeah, but like, I really do like Signs of the Lambs or like That's The Dark Knight way more than... Yeah, Night yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways,
0: speaking of stra- uh, scary stories, have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis, The wise
2: oh yes (laughs) great story sorry that's That's all I that's a good one (laughs) yes Uh, you know okay I'm just gonna go for it people a lot of people lose their minds because they're like oh they should have brought Darth Plagueis back for the 789 but I'm fine with them not doing that I heard they're
1: doing three newer movies and I think there's a big push for I hope not you know the old uh, video game like the the Jedi of the Old Republic Knights Knights of the 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 Old Republic yeah I heard that they might like Institute, so they you know, are like Darth It's official. official,
2: really. Yeah.
1: Okay. See, I feel like if you go way before like any of the most recent yeah. episodes,
2: like, and you just kind of make it your own, I think that's going to be yeah. way more successful. The the know? problem with Star Wars right now <clears throat> is Disney. I, like they took the franchise, put it in a you know you if we're be... gonna if we're gonna go hard with nerd talk, they put it in an X-wing, <laughs> <laughs> like a nose dive. <laughs> Into that little Sarlacc pit that Man. ate Boba Fett, Boy, you know. It's... Like,
1: I mean, you don't. You don't think, You don't think the prequels were, was a train wreck, though. No, um... a beautiful train wreck. I mean, it was a beautiful <laughs> train wreck. You you brought up a good point when I talked to you a long time ago about how it's not actually the acting; it's the script. And I actually really believe. Did it. I say that? You said that to me, and I we've been watching the movies. And okay. I realized, no matter how good of an actor you are, if they're forcing you to stick to that script, it's impossible
2: to make yeah, it. The like, attack of the clones. Attack of the clones, <laughs> yeah, with oh, the gosh. the sand. It's I so hate coarse. <laughs> I, hate, I hate sand. <laughs> but here's the thing, that movie's somewhere. so quotable because it's so bad. So, like, <laughs> yeah, It's true. There's kinda... no... So episode one, I I will defend this. I think episode one is a great movie. Episode two, irredeemable. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Yeah. And then episode three is, like... Episode 3 is very it's good. good. It, yeah. I honestly... I, I love it. Yeah, three. episode 3 is very good. Hayden Christensen is probably the biggest problem with the prequels. Yeah. Like, the guy... The homie just yeah. can't act. <laughs> he cannot do it. Here's
1: what I'm gonna say... And for... episode 2... Sorry, one more yeah, thing. Yo, episode ahead. 2
2: plays like a boring C-Span. Yeah. Have you ever watched C-Span? Like, the, gov- like, the official government, like... We're going to watch this congressional hearing on fossil ex- excavation in Nebraska. Right. Like, who wants to watch or it's that? It's like,
0: Bar- remember in How I Met Your Mother, Barney Stinson's thing is that the prequels sucked. It's like, <laughs> who wants to hear about the politics of Exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Like, so golly. True.
1: Well, I, I kind of disagree. I think Disney could have could have pulled it off. I think the big problem was that they kept on changing directors. Yep. And they, like, they because they're changing directors and the directors had you know creative license they started just kind of twisting the story to whatever they wanted to do and so it's like maybe they had kind of a kind of a rough plan but it it just got twisted adding to that
2: is they've admitted that there was no overarching story when they started Mm -hmm. how do you not have a story doesn't it feel so disrespectful yeah it's like i grew up on this crap like i love star wars it is my second religion yeah and then like you're gonna do that yeah, well, and I mean, they
1: had all three movies, dates, budget set aside, everything. Yeah. So it's not like it wasn't going to happen. Like, yeah, I get TV shows that's like I don't know if this is going to air, so we're going to go for the first season, yeah, and then build the story. Finish. Yeah. You no, it's garbage. As
0: long, here's the thing though. Like, I don't. I wouldn't say it's Disney because the Mandalorian, pretty okay. good, pretty good. But, but Taika, it's like... I would say that's the director. See? But. But it's because they went in and they effed with the Skywalker plot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, the, the Palpatine's back from the dead. I think it kind of, like... It, oh, It, it golly, Like, yeah. it, it takes away from Darth Vader, but the whole point is Darth Vader comes back, kills Palpatine, redeems himself at the end. Yeah. And, and like, when... Oh, our Palpatines not actually dead? Like, it...
2: it I, I... I don't know what you guys think. Episode 9, to me, is, like, the second worst out of all of them. I hate that movie the
1: first worst is clone wars yeah attack of
2: the clones is always dead last i think rise of skywalker um i like i joked about it earlier but like when so because i mean i go to every midnight premiere i buy Mm -hmm. my tickets well in advance like i wear the star wars shirts i love this stuff (laughs) and i felt so like disrespected is the best word i could think of yeah you know what so the the first five minutes of the movie you're like yeah, why is Palpatine back?
0: Because there's no he... hint at it at all. Yeah. It's like, crap, we need a plot. Like... Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly
2: right. And then anytime anything interesting is about to happen in the movie, d- jokes, you know? So, like, yeah. Ray accidentally killing Chewie could have been, like, an interesting development, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, y- you probably remember, like, you felt something. Like, whoa, you know, that's going to be a lot of weight for Ray to carry. Like, that'll be interesting to see how her character develops. Five minutes later, psych. He's, he's alive <laughs> oh we you know this is really heavy we're gonna have to wipe C-3PO's memory to save yeah, the galaxy right. but it's a sacrifice we have to make psych he comes back stupid yeah. I also think it's, it's kind of a weird thing they,
1: they brought back Darth Maul too in the the animated series I
2: just I just don't think it's. I stupid. don't care for any of that really no I, I I think you can kind of tell like what is like can't. like I'll, I'll like the side spin off sort of a deal I'm kind of indifferent about like Okay, these are fun.
1: You're a main storyline type of
2: guy. Yeah, I I thought the Mandalorian was good. Same thing though. Like I kind of think like uh, if we're but, going into like expanded mythology. Yeah, they stayed a- they stayed
0: away from. They didn't try and f with like the yeah. the, the, the the classic storyline. Yeah, and
2: I think it's okay to do that. There's and I so think that's actually what makes it more interesting. So right. like Rogue One, for example, isn't kill. So, Rogue yeah. One is so good. Agreed. So so good, and it's because it's film... like it's it's set in a specific yeah it's it's separate from everything but still related yeah and then it's it was just so well made no and it's just really valuable to have that that space where you can just you have the Star Wars universe and there's infinite stories that you could tell from that universe yeah you know yeah. so I'll, I'll i will say one thing about disney too and this isn't getting political but like the social justice themes <laughs> that are popping up in star wars now too same thing i'm like give so i told mark this and here it is for your fans. Go for it, yeah. It's like episode four of The Mandalorian has, like, this little village of humans, right? Do yeah, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember this one, yeah. And, like, the remote, most distant part of the galaxy, you have a remote village of, like, 25 people. Yep. And conveniently, <laughs> conveniently, all 25 of these humans on this remote planet in the middle of nowhere of the freaking galaxy just happens to be a perfect, like, racially balanced group of 25 people, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh. So, like, it's not, like, anything to, like, really get worked up about, but, like, just to me, that's, like, one thing where it's, like, we're approaching the series now more for, like, what like messaging can we like get across rather than like how do we actually just tell a decent story or how
0: do we develop characters yeah (laughs) Yeah.
2: or make the universe believable right like they're just relying on the brand too much yeah relying on the brand and then like that just feels like a marketing thing to me like look Mm -hmm. how like progressive the series has become it's like you know if you made like if you made legit characters Mm -hmm. um, you know like Beauty and the Beast for example when Disney did that and like Gaston's friend ended up being gay it's like no one really no one cares like if it's his character like no one cares like that's great you know yeah They, they just care about the story yeah
1: i think just something that's characterized i don't know kind of disney as a whole i feel like recently with all the remakes all the sequels and stuff like that it's just uh they don't take risks anymore yeah there's no element of risk in any of the films any of the it's always super safe and they don't want to offend anybody and like i guess that's kind of the way the world's going a little bit but like I feel like the greatest films were just the ones that, like, changed a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, oh, they're risky. And they were, like... And it made people talk, you know? It's like, if some people didn't like it,
2: cool. Like, yeah, that that was the director's choice, and he stuck by it. Yep. You know, and that's, yep. that's just how it is, man. So it's just a safe thing to let story go by the wayside and then just play on points that you know is just going to, like, make fans happy, make the public happy, get you some good press, and, like, generate money.
0: And the, the, the reason time. episode 9 is so bad is because... Episode eight was awful. Episode, yeah. I think I, I think I hate episode eight. I think it's so bad. Like who's the who's the Asian uh, Asian Rose. Rose? Rose. They totally took her out of episode nine because everyone hated oh, yeah. it. Rose eight. Is, like Rose Finn. Yeah. Um, oh, don't even get me started on him, Finn's character development. Yeah. it's like the it, it like so the only thing he can do is Ray Ray. That's the only <laughs> thing he does. And then it, it like you think he's gonna become like some sort of like Jedi or something like yeah. yeah. And then like. I get a tingly feeling sometimes it's like kind of how it's like, I'm force sensitive it's like he doesn't he wasn't gonna tell Ray he loves her he's gonna say that he's force yeah. Like like
1: There's, force, it's a joke I also yeah. think the force is just the biggest well it's such a cool thing but I feel like nowadays it's the biggest cop out instead of like something like an element to be manipulated you know it's like I feel like in the first three it was just like kind of cool but like now it's just like you can get out of anything with the force yeah
2: you know I yeah I actually so when I saw nine, it made me appreciate eight a lot more. Um, Explain, yeah. So so like if you go back and you watch seven, eight, nine, now that they're all done, it's like okay, seven here is setting it up, and I don't care for seven a whole lot. I don't think it's the most creative, but similar to A New Hope. Well, they're literally the yeah, same they're story. literally yeah. Um, but it's similar to A New Hope in that like it's nothing like crazy good, but it's like setting up something that will be great you know for example Empire Strikes Back easily the best Star Wars and then Last Jedi comes in and I think in the moment there's just a ton of disappointment because like it doesn't meet the expectations that we have going in for it but then you see 9 and 9 is such a just it's such a disaster (laughs) it's
0: it's a fan service movie and that's why it's a disaster so then if
2: you go back to 8 you think like you know what I actually appreciate that they're trying to do some different things here maybe like it would have been great if 9 built on 8. Right. Instead of just like That's kind of why you make a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the concept. That's the concept. Yeah, and then Ryan Johnson is just a great director. Like you go back to 8 again and you look at some of the shots and everything, like the throne room scene is so well done. You're right. I should maybe I should have been so harsh on 8. Are oh, no, no, just... no. Tons of the tons of the I think tons of your criticisms are totally valid. Rose is terrible. The whole casino planet thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no one liked that. No one liked it. If you go back, I don't know
1: why I watched this. There's a YouTube video critiquing the throne room scene, where it's it's Ray and um, Kylo, Kylo, right? And they're just fighting all the guys in the red suits and whatnot. Yeah, and just like from, uh, I, I'm not like a super big action movie guy, but like just from that perspective, if you look at it, go back and watch it. Like there's Ray and there's Kylo, and they're fighting like two guys. <laughs> Everybody in the back is literally just waving their arms around. Like, it's actually, it's so funny. If you yeah. watch it with no sound effects and you just, like, look at the background people, they wait, they pause, they like, they're just doing flips. Like, it's so,
2: that part just bothers me. That bothers me. There, there's something similar in episode 9 when she's fighting the Emperor, Reyes, and all the guards come and they're shooting at her there's something similar where like one guard in the back literally has his gun just pointed up and he's just <laughs> shooting at the yeah. ceiling the desk <laughs> yeah and so you don't notice it at the moment right because the music and the lights but then when you go frame by frame and you look at it you're like what the crap is this <laughs> like what happened you know yeah. But, yeah, the, the throne room scene is really good. And that's one where you're talking about, like, taking risks as the series. Like, mm. killing Snoke was so unexpected. Yeah. yeah. You remember seeing that the first time mm-hmm. in the theater and, like, everyone was going nuts, like, screaming and stuff? Right. Because cause you have no idea, right? And then it goes into safe territory because it's still going to be light side versus dark. Imagine how different it would have been if Ray and uh, Kylo Ren teamed up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, I have
1: a couple hot... Star Wars takes just banked up a little bit. Um, but one of them was that like if you think about it, like Anakin really did bring balance with force, because the Jedi, if anything was out of balance, the Jedi were way out of whack. Wow, are you are you are you a separatist, bro? Okay, and that's another one. Okay. (laughs) He's a (laughs) droid. I actually just looking at it objectively, I feel like the Separatist actually had a really big case. Like Without the Separatists and, like... What is what their they, case? Just, like, I, I want to say, like, <laughs> their style of government just makes sense. Like, one huge galactic p- empire is way too powerful. I feel like this is getting a little bit too political. That's so what like, they did! No, no, no. <laughs> well, as a Palpatine did. Yeah, Palpatine, and he was using them. Right. But, like, I feel like people that weren't being used on that side genuinely have, like, a good, like... Y- you don't discount them right away, because, like, what they were fighting for and kind of arguing and talking about, like actually kind of makes sense they wanted more states
0: rights yeah basically (laughs) right
1: and it was like it wouldn't have allowed palpatine to get all that power you know it's like honestly i think we need to take a step back and look at the separatists a little differently like you don't discount them right away like i think they have good points sometimes and i also think it's kind of cool that all the the are who are the guys the main separatist guys are like asian in the first one Oh, like well,
2: nemodians! Um,
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I w- In case any of the fans are wondering, New <laughs> Gunray is a nemodian.
2: Oh my god! Yeah. I feel like
0: I think it, I, th- I think this is hilarious because I think I think this could literally be another forty-five minutes of the podcast. Know, really sure. Okay, one more. One, I have uh, Mark might have one more thing. I have, I have one more. And then if Mark has anything else, yeah. You, one one spin-off movie that you want to see?
2: It's Star Wars. Yes.
0: Ooh one spin-off i'll give you mine i think a a grievous movie like pre before he's a like a
2: oh like the creation of grievous yeah i think that'd be super interesting i'm really interested so i'm i'm really simple when it comes to storytelling so like um i don't want like any of the main series characters like i'm fine with the main series explaining them like i don't Want additional background. You don't want to see 3PO mm-hmm. spin off movies. Yeah. The the origins of R2D2. You know? <laughs> I will say a Jar Jar being spin off would kick Ooh. by. Oh my gosh. They, the worst choice. Yeah, well, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but Rogue One was so good How, because it was like a plot point we were familiar with, but characters we weren't familiar with, uh-huh. which I really like. So I think. Um, did you ever I don't know if you guys are into video games. Did you play Fallen Order? No. No. Really interesting because it's a so the video game is set between three and six. Yeah. Or six mm-hmm. and seven as well. The... Um but it's it's like when Order sixty six happens and like a rogue Jedi like trying to escape and everything It's really interesting. That sounds really cool. So something like that, I'd be down for. Hmm. Any any last
0: any last thought, Mark? Okay,
1: I just have to get this one off my chest. Okay. So we don't have to talk about it in a later episode. And I, I, this is something that I've talked about for a long, long time, but <clears throat> clone army maybe like unit for unit better than a droid army, but a droid army far superior to a clone army. Okay. Let me, I have some, I have some notes. Okay. Let's hear okay? it. Okay. Think about it. <clears throat> clones, they have a gestation period. Right. And they grow. So they're clones. You gotta feed them. Yeah. Well, they grow faster. Right. So, but even so it takes 12 years to get a working soldier from a clone. 12 years. A droid, like, you can pop them out. Like, you can pop thousands out a day. Yeah. You know? And they're portable. You can just pick up the machines that make them. You have a a floating army anywhere you go. Right. Right. As long as you have money. Okay? These guys take food, time, training, energy. They're independent people. Right? They all have minds. They all, like, the training that... And, like, if you think about it, humans... A humanoid is not the soldier that you want. We're slow. We're not very (laughs) strong. Like... Not particular. I'm sure there's smarter races in the in the galaxy, right? Gungans, for yeah. Example. Exactly. We're just we're awful soldiers, and I don't know why you would pick humans to do that. Maybe both that's pretty cool and stuff, but like, I don't but
2: know. But I think they're they're engineering their brains too. Yeah, they so have the chips like, and stuff. Yeah. So it's like a combination between like droid programming and then like human reason and function, right? Which is like that's like the superior fighting machine because. It's true, but, like, at the same time, once
1: that army is gone, it's gone. And, not to bring, like, the ethical argument into it, but you're literally cloning people to be killed. You know, like, just, like, the general loss of life, droids, like, maybe you're not putting any skin in the game, so to speak, but, like like have droids fight for you man like it's they're just literally dollar signs yeah you know they're not like they don't feel pain they don't feel no that's a that's a good point but like clones man i just like i have to get that off my chest
0: but the point of going to war is winning the war okay and the the clones the way it was going they i mean it was close but if, if palpatine didn't have this this incredible plan the the clones would eventually won that war that was the that was the way it was going. And the the point is to win the war, and if the clones are going to do that, then you then you then you the, make the extra economic sacrifice. They also
1: had the full force of the Jedi and the empire, the galactic empire behind them. You know, like on the outset like the separatists were on the back foot already, I feel like. But that's just that's just, I'm just going to throw it, that but but on yeah. the table.
2: The other really fascinating thing we have to consider is how a whole freaking clone army was being built in secret. No, but- and everyone's just like, oh, I wonder, like... Oh, where's that chunk of the budget going? Yeah, like, we have one point... Where <laughs> are the auditors? Where are the galactic auditors. There's so many things. And, like, this thing that actually still gets me about the prequels, uh, so that's one of them. And then the other one is, like... <laughs> so, like, in episode three, everyone's, like, so suddenly surprised. Like, oh, my gosh. Palpatine is Darth City. It's like, <laughs> we had no idea, you know? And, like you've got freaking yoda there who's supposed to like be one with the force and everything like all of them it's like you mean to tell me you have a whole army of jedis and not one of you could tell me that palpatine was probably up to no good yeah. you know what i mean like so stuff like that i think is kind of weird. he's kind of a slimy guy yeah but, but i love all right. this yeah we'll have this. to we'll have
1: to cut it off we'll probably we'll have to have you on again oh please sometime. yeah anytime but uh, i think we're gonna cut off the episode right there and um should we close with a prayer uh, we, uh, I don't think that's appropriate. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: The best... Uh, one more quick MTC story. Funny. Go for it. Uh, so back in the day, they used to... <laughs> because you don't even teach you. Uh, do you remember teaching your teacher as like an investigator? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. doing that? Golly, like, depending on your shift and how much fun you wanted to have. <laughs> and so sometimes um, you could have like... Uh, They'd be like, okay, my characters, the person they would teach me would be Nathaniel, Nate. Uh I'd be like, okay, Nate, you know, before we leave, we want to say a prayer. Like, uh, would you mind mind saying it? And I would be like, yeah, sure. So I'm like trying to pretend to play an investigator praying, right? (laughs) Do you say
0: the (laughs) – like, oh – oh father so because they
2: give you the pamphlet right and they're like okay just read this so again like depending on the shift and how mean you want to be you could just like take that really literally so i'd be like okay so you grab the pamphlet and they both close their eyes and then you just read bullet point by bullet point you know the pamphlet i'm talking about so just address your father in heaven And the best part, I remember doing that once, and one of the elders, like, opens his eyes during the prayer and looks at me, and I look up from the pamphlet and look at him, and he's just, oh, gosh. (laughs) You know, goes back in. Same thing when Star Wars came out, Force Awakens. (laughs) They're like, oh, I'm going to have a little fun with this. So they're like, oh, so how was your weekend, Nate? Like, oh, it was awesome, Elders. Like, the new Star Wars movie <laughs> just came out, and it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of, like, both of them are just silent. And then one of them finally, like, pipes up a little Cries. bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could tell, like, both of them are, like, really, like, how do we navigate this <laughs> one? Day three of the mission. Yeah. And one of them pipes up and is just. Was it good? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, it was awesome." It, it, the toughest part about
0: about leaving for your mission is like, there's always like one movie that comes out like a month later that you know you're not gonna be able to see. For oh two yeah, years. what
1: was yours? I, it, we left during a good year, I feel like. There was a lot of. <laughs> he was, he, like, it wasn't even, it was Jurassic World. So, like, it <laughs>
2: okay, even- yeah, you did great then.
1: Yeah, yeah so I did
0: fine. No, but still, I still was like, I wonder yeah. how Jurassic World was.
1: I remember when you had, like, two weeks left on the mission or something like that. No, no, a little bit more, but, like, I remember we were in Subway in, I don't know, Surrey or something like that, and we we're just walking around, and I just remember we're sitting down. And we're in a tree at this point. Ella Johnson and I are just sitting there. We're talking about, like, I don't know, plans for the weekend or f- for the afternoon or whatever. And you're just zoned out just watching, like, the NBA finals or something. Oh, just it's like, so bad. <laughs> yeah. Just like, and we're like, hey, so it's uh, time to go. It's been, like, 30 minutes. I'm like, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, Elder. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, Anyways, okay. Have
1: it. Yeah, well,
0: that was a good one. Thanks, Bridgestone. Yeah, thank you, guys.